It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? We're back. It's the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. Um, we're here social distancing. We're not masked, but we're staying away. Yes. Uh, as long as the microphone cords will, uh, uh, you know, allow. And we are, um, I'm Chris Mandeville. I'm a recovered heroin addict. Um, we're very grateful to a New Way Recovery Center, which is where we are and where we've done this podcast for almost for over two years over two years two um, and a half years they've been very gracious very with us grateful and, to them um they actually i think they opened up just for us tonight um yep pam is out there and shout out to pam yes uh and to warren for reaching out to us letting us know that he was opening back up um, yeah thank you warren so you can find our audio podcast at lolterms.com please subscribe um, we have over 100 episodes um from you know all all walks of life recovery um in in the people that work in the field guy who who represented big pharma yes um, and is in recovery also also people who are not addicts but their life was riddled with addiction and you know it affected them um right so tonight is our guest is uh i'm gonna call you bill um, Bill Phelan, former mayor of Quincy. He's also yeah. running for uh, Norfolk County Sheriff. When's the election for that? This November? It is, yeah. September 1st is the primary. And okay. then uh, the final election is the same as the now, presidential election. Is it Who's in there now? Right now, the, the governor had appointed somebody for an interim basis. And, yep. um, and this but it was, is a special it's been election. For it was Mike Bellotti for many, many, many years. Many, many years. Yes. Yes. Norf- Norfolk County, yeah. is it? Yes. Norfolk County, Norfolk. right. So the jail is out of. Dedham in in the yep. uh, I did the fence there center strip yeah <laughs> from the right side yeah, of it yeah, yeah which, which side right <laughs> right and like like we discussed earlier I I actually got sober at Plymouth House Correction if 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 it wasn't for the Brockton police and a nine millimeter I might not be here you know <laughs> well, that's that's something and I'm grateful discuss. for that yeah I'd yeah. like to say thank you very very much for coming on the show yes yeah, you're being oh, our returning guest and you have to be one of the most distinguished guests we've had <laughs> yeah. I don't know about oh, my that. goodness yeah I think yeah. so good, good kid local kid yeah there, yeah, you, there go. you go Quincy guy yeah Quincy guy yeah. Um, so you were mayor of Quincy actually when I got sober I, I got I was in Bridgewater during September 11th um, and we watched that and then oh, yeah. I got out I got Hi, right away. Then I went to Plymouth. Wow. Um, and I got sober on December 27th of 2001. Yeah, I'd love to hear stories of folks that have turned their lives around that have yes. been incarcerated before. I know a lot of people have misconceptions about people right. that, uh, you know, it's foreign to them, I guess, and they don't realize that there is recovery and there is a better way of life. And people. People do change. Yeah, you know, it's, it's exactly just, what I needed. This is my first first shot at sobriety, and here we are, eighteen wow. years later. Well, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. My it was instrumental in my recovery as well. Mm. But I only went through the thirty days, right? And I did that twice. And in between those two, I had a, a, a holding cell for a weekend, and that was 
horrific. That was horrific, right? Yes. That was because uh, you're by yourself and you don't the lights on all the time. And you don't know what time of day it is, and it's exactly it's yeah. ugly. And and you know what? You got a lot of time to think in there by yourself, and you know it. It is uh, Bridgewater was a tough place to go for. Yeah, and for, I was in I was in the old. Inside the right. main prison, mm-hmm. um, yep, I and the, I actually I did the fence there too. I actually <laughs> just read not that long ago that there are no longer COs at Bridgewater Treatment Center. No they kidding, they are clinicians. Wow, that's different. Huh? Um, so I don't know when that happened, but we could we could actually because we have had uh, Joe McDonald on here, Plymouth oh, County yeah, Sheriff. Good. Yeah, yep. um, yeah, him and Timothy Cruz. The, the DA, DA um, yeah. but were, yeah, I just read that, and I think that is so going to help so much because, listen, I, I don't blame the guys that work there, the the COs, like we're a pain in the ass. Addicts and alcoholics are a pain in the ass, and they had to babysit, like, yeah. and and they weren't happy with doing that, and I don't right. blame them. A couple, a few of them, I grew up with. You know, friends yeah, of mine, me too. I had friends of mine experience. that work at Plymouth House Correction. I'm in the food line. I mean, uh, Bridgewater. I'm in the food line, and I hear someone yell my name, and I'm like, oh, shit. And I turn around. There it is, a kid I grew up with. He's yeah. like, what the hell happened to you? I'm like, heroin. Just yeah. told him. He's like, come on, give this kid some more food. So now everybody sees me get more food. Now they're all pissed at me like, yo, what's going on? Why, why is he getting? <laughs> you know, but they, yeah. they're, they're doing their job. Well, you know, it's funny. I know a lot of people who have served time and mm-hmm. uh, have turned their lives around, and a lot of had a great discussion with one friend that talked about, uh, I said, you know, who's the most important person in the House of Correction when you're in there? And he said the the correction officers, he said the COs. uh, He was, I can tell you right now, I remember uh, all the good correction officers. Yeah. And he says, and I... I remember all the bad ones. Absolutely, too. I do too. You know, and they. Tom, and they, can you check yeah. your mic? Um, Kristen actually commented and said, "Sounds like you're talking in an empty room." My microphone? Yeah. Might be my microphone. Because I don't. Are you registering on there? Um. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Now you are. Okay. So yeah. Well. So yeah. He. So that's what he said, and it made sense to me. You know, I 100% could tell you, and I've I've ran into him. One of them was, uh, um, I was, it's funny, I actually went to jail for drugs and alcohol and, and, and addiction, and then I got a job doing lines, painting them on the road. <laughs> and and we're, we're working on an off-ramp, and this, a, a state trooper pulls up, and he gets out, and I'm like, Trooper Cotton. And he's looking at me, and he's like, do I know you? Where do I know you from, the gym? I'm like, nope. <laughs> and he was a good guy. Yeah. You know? great guy i I, yeah. I remember all the seals that were good guys and i remember the guys that weren't you know and, and you know it it's it's unfortunate but a lot of times the jails are being used as as hospitals yeah treatment detoxes centers. Treatment, treatment centers yeah and these are people that mm-hmm. are sick and yep. suffering and well, really f- belong in hospitals and detoxes and it and it costs the state a lot of money it sure does um it the funny thing is though honestly um Sometimes uh, someone can go and be coddled and, and you know, and, and not smarten up. Oh, you yeah. Know what I mean? I, I, I seen guys come back the same weekend. I worked in laundry, and I'm handing yeah. out greens to people, and a guy leaves on Friday, and he's back there on Sunday morning. And I'm like, what, did you, what happened? 
you know. Oh, back to jail. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's another. That's another. That's another step. I was talking about back to detox because they they think it's fun or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, the the uh, another fellow I was talking about, and I was asking about it because running for the job, I want to know, you know, what, you know, what works, what doesn't, and he essentially said, you know, hey, I might not be the person to interview because I, I really believe that I needed every single bit of time that I did and I needed every right and I needed it, yes. to be as difficult as it was for me to get to the bottom yeah of where I was to, and, to and get I, I agree with that 100% um, yeah. so I went through the drug program at Plymouth House Correction and I worked in the kitchen during that so program hours were from 7 to 3 I worked in the kitchen from 6.30 to 2.30. Wow. So I never got any program, yet I progressed, and I got a certificate saying I graduated. Mm. And, you know, luckily for me, I ended up doing my doing time. I did 10 months, and I got a parole, and I, I ended up at Project Turnabout in Hingham. <laughs> and luckily, the program I went through at Plymouth that never partook in was the same program that they were running at project turnabout yeah because the director had written the program for the jail system and that was a tough program right. from what i yeah um, yeah i went, through, heard, I went yeah. through the same thing i'm extremely yeah, you grateful it, you're gonna you have and, a good chance and yeah. i talked to guys you know I, I i talked to a guy that was in there and um and he's like listen that was a good place i was there for 24 months the program was two years when i was there he's like if you want to learn how to live life and, and do it sober that's a good place to start and i'm like yeah but you're here he goes i just stopped doing what they told me to do i'm like he goes don't listen to all these guys that say the place sucks right. he goes because you'll probably find out that they didn't follow the rules and they got lugged and yep. they're back here mm-hmm. so he goes and, and i did and i'm so grateful for that because hooked me up with the recovery in quincy like there was you could fall out of your door and get, end up in a meeting in mm-hmm. quincy and I, and I'm yeah. extremely grateful for right. that, you know. Well, let me let me tell you that I think that um, we we found a lot uh, during this podcast is that most of the people uh, that we are we have listened to, you know, it comes from trauma. So, Absolutely. So you you know they that's something that has to heal. But the, what's in the way is that addict behavior, that conniving and that getting over, and that's in the way. So it's that that I detest is the addict behavior. Yeah, the junkie mentality. The junkie themselves is, you know, who we have to reach out to and help. Mm-hmm. And but that 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 behavior needs to be. So it has to be like carrot and stick type of thing. I think mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I know. I mean, who does know all? Right. Know. But I, I think there's a common denominator when somebody finally decides. That yes. it's time. Yeah, it's it's. You know, I, I honestly believe it's based in hope. I mean, they have a hope that things can get better. And and I am, hmm. I'm extremely grateful that I went through everything I went through, and then got arrested. I, you know, there's some literature around here that that we read, and and it talks about an alcoholic has to be badly mangled. I was badly mangled, and like when I went to jail, it was a step up from how I was living. Right, and I'm extremely grateful that I went through everything I went through at at, at Plymouth. Like mm. the all uh, that's where I found Alcoholics Anonymous. A commitment came in. Like my my cellmate was leaving the was leaving the cell, 
and I didn't know where he was going. I knew him from the street. You know, I, I knew that he liked to smoke crack. And, and I asked him, you know, I know that I didn't know much about jail, but I know that you don't ask many questions. But he's my friend. I said, hey, dude, where are you going? He said, I'm going to AA meetings. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, you, you, get, you get to drink coffee. You get to look at different people. And you also get two and a half days good time a month. So I said, okay, sign me up. I, I I might be dumb, but I'm not stupid. You know, if I can get up earlier, I I was a public defender's dream. I was guilty. I walk I walked into I walked into the courthouse, and they 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 sent me to Plymouth over the weekend, and they brought me back to court, and uh, finally I, I had detoxed. You know, the the drugs were out of my system, and, and they said, you know, the the probation girl came down and she said you know i could probably get you out of here today and i'm like yeah who's on the bench and they said judge nagel i said go tell judge nagel i plead guilty and i want my time and everyone's like dude you could leave here today i had just proved to myself in september that if i get out i'm gonna use again i'm gonna get high again i just did it i swore up and down that whole time i was at bridgewater i wasn't gonna use again but i didn't know how not to uh-huh you know and and, and when they brought me into brought me up from that cell down at Brockton District Court I was like guilty and he's like okay and, and he ran all my stuff concurrent and I don't I don't even know how much time I was looking at you know isn't you it know? funny you know and a lot of people that aren't in recovery will think that it's it's a matter of will hey you know you, you willpower you clearly right. wanted to get clean I didn't want to live you, that way you you couldn't right. you needed That's right. the help initially. I'll tell you when I got arrested I was um, I was angry at first, you know. Of course, you're getting pulled out of your vehicle, you're getting cuffed, and you're getting stuffed, and you're angry. And then by the time I got to the holding cell, and they put me in there, I leaned up against the the wall, and I was like, "Thank God," because that was a rescue. Yeah, absolutely. I was out of control. So it was almost a relief that came over. Oh, it was complete relief. Mm-hmm. Complete relief. I knew because. You know, up until then, I mean, there's always these lines that you step. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm a, I was a habitual line habitual stepper. <laughs> I'd make a line and I'd cross that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I had crossed that line where I wasn't going to allow myself to be sick. And that's a, just a horrific place. Yeah. You know? That's, that's, that was the biggest fear for me, knowing that I was going to be sick. Is that when you're not willing to sit there and be sick anymore, yeah. that's when you start doing ridiculous things. You know, you know, you mentioned uh, trauma as yes. an underlying condition to many people who have uh, drug think problems. And, and I think addicts. it's one of the biggest factors. Yeah, it, not yeah. not always, maybe, but right. but right. I, I absolutely agree. And so I've done a lot of research into the job of sheriff and how and how you know we might be able to help in different areas, but women. I think uh, a class of people who have suffered even more trauma than guys often. Do, oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. really? What, you think yeah, so? Yeah, I do. Yeah, a, and there's huh. a there's a school of thought out there that in, and uh, younger younger uh, people as well, emerging adults is what they call them. You know, your brain is still developing. Yeah, the criminal justice system says you're an adult when you're 18. Right, but in reality. Your brain is still developing until you're 26 years old. That's you don't right. Think like Prefrontal an cortex. adult, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, 
so there's a there's a school of thought out there that it, um, that class of people can be helped more. They're more uh, amenable to in uh, the, to the people who have suffered more trauma. No, the younger the people, younger people are, oh. are more uh, flexible or the, fluid. Their recidivism rate is higher, first of all. But okay. if you provide them with services, their recidiv- recidivism rate drops down considerably. Yeah. And, right. and well, they're Im- more impulsive, right? Yeah, of course, that, we're much exactly more impulsive. Right. Yeah. I think you. Uh, I agree with you ab- about the women because it's it's yeah. they can get what they need very very easily. Mm. You know, they they have they have things in ways that that men don't have. Um, but men want, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. And I think that women can suffer trauma and not even know they suffer trauma. Hmm. They because may, maybe how they were raised and they think, no, that's how things are supposed to be. That's how you know. That's how hmm. I'm supposed to be treated. You know. And, and like I'm, I've talked with my girlfriend, um, and you know, we're raising my daughter. Her her mother's you know, one of us and, and struggles and um I'm just trying to show her how a woman is supposed to be treated, you know, and like don't I don't bash her mom like mm-hmm. if she wants to talk about her mom that's fine. You know, talk about your mom. Um but I just want her to I want to set an example of, of, of what a man how a man should treat that's her. Great. You know it's great. And, and, yes. and it's not always easy. You know, it's, life on life's terms. Yeah. The, the, you know that's mm-hmm. you learn from what people do. It's uh, your you know your your actions are speaking so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, you know? yeah. But one of the things um, in, in one of the things that attracted me to run for for sheriff, honestly, was the the fact that uh, I couldn't think of another position. Uh, I was the mayor in Quincy, and I got to help people every day, and it was a, it was a just a dynamic job and all kinds of stuff happening and you know you could do different things for people and and help them but the job of a sheriff I really think can be an impactful job and you can actually help people mm. every day you're in office so it's really what drawing yeah and to. like just us talking to to Joe McDonald and and uh Tim Cruz like all these people are getting together. Yeah. Like, these sheriffs are like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? That's yeah. right. What's well, worked for you? What hasn't saying. worked? No yeah. So we don't waste money doing that. You know, like, yep. let's let's collaborate. You know, it's amazing. I, I think it's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Because, um, you know, one of the big things that happens with the Department of Corrections is uh, that the, the money, you have to spend it. Right? You don't get it. Mm. So, it's, Allison said it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. No, she well, commented on Facebook. Maybe on it's Facebook? the mics. Maybe the mics aren't close enough. No. Or if you could uh, bump them up, maybe. Yeah. She just said, "Pull the mics closer. Hard to hear. Please and thank you." Sorry. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now yeah. the now, now the they can headphones hear are too loud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, it's kind of like if you're if you're super successful, um, your 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 department diminishes, right? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, the p- 
policymakers in the world are starting, even even like the Republicans, you know, and I'll say that in a way because I've been a lifelong Democrat. Right. But they're starting to understand that you spend money on this side and you're going to save money in the long run. Save money in the long run. There's right. statistics that show for every dollar you spend uh, on educational programs, in prisons, you're going to save five dollars. So right. The uh, Department of Mental Health had a diversion type of program where they uh, invested two million dollars, and in the first four months, they saved two million dollars uh, by preventing people f- from being incarcerated, where they're going to spend way more money. So yeah, like like drug court it, and, yeah. and and stuff like sure. that. Like, it just makes all the sense in if, the world. If you want to get sober and, and change your life drug court's great if you don't want to you're gonna fail and you're gonna stay in drug court for a very long time well you know, i know people that are, have completed it successfully without a hiccup mm-hmm. but then i also know people that were like two weeks away and then boom they get in trouble and they gotta start back all over again but when people are ready yeah you know yeah. they have to they still need help yes just like you did yes right? i had no yeah. clue i I went to detox because I didn't have any money. I, I didn't have a place to go. You know, I, I didn't know about getting sober. I didn't know that that the alcohol and drugs were what was causing the way I was living and and, and my spiritual loss of values and and my you know well that's incomprehensible it. demoralization. Well, like, that's it. How many? How much? How much would crime went down if we did away with all addictions right away? Like I mean, oh, I my mean, goodness. I, I'm full of like statistics. Everybody like statistic I talked to in know. jail was in there sure. due to alcohol or drugs being part of what happened. That's right. Either right. either stealing them or stealing the stealing money to, to get, get them, them to get or them. got drunk and did something they don't remember. Right. And statistics bear that out. Yeah. As well. I mean. Yeah. You know, it's it's substance use disorders and it's. You know, mental health issues, too. Serious problem. I don't think there's enough focus on mental health. Because a lot of the people that are suffering from mental health, they they start doing drugs and alcohol and they they feel better. Mm -hmm. Right. Not saying that it's going to work and and sustain their their mental health, but it it gives them that relief. And they don't even realize that they have mental health. You know, I like do. a lot yeah, of people yeah. don't. Well, I mean, no, they self medicate. Yeah. essentially what they do. Look doing. at mental health; it's uh, depression, simple depression. Mm-hmm. And when you when you have a depression, and you can get fifteen minutes of relief from that overbearing feeling, yeah, like everything sucks. Yeah, uh, you, you're gonna go for it. I mean, I, you know, there's these these. That's the why we have to, um, you know, we have to focus on the trauma mm-hmm. to help people through the trauma. The addictions or the uh, addict behavior still needs to be that behavior needs to be incarcerated. Sorry, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because if it wasn't for that for me, I would still be doing it. Yeah. So and, you and really think that, huh? I do. Yeah. And the the I don't agree with um, throwing medication at everything either. Um, I I, yeah, I used oh. to have a, an opinion on uh, marijuana when I was first getting sober. Um, oh no no no! But I know people, a lot of people, who have gotten off prescription medication using marijuana, hmm. and right. and they are functioning it completely fine. They don't. It doesn't. A lot of them don't even smoke it. They eat it. 
Right. You know, they, they, they use an edible, and now they don't have to take three other medications. I know people who have, you know, done that, and they have million-dollar businesses, you know, but they, they eat edibles, you know, I, I, instead I, of taking medication. I, I understand, and I know um, there's a program now in the, in the uh, jails uh, that provide addicts with drugs uh, while they're incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, because the, the likelihood of an overdose of, a, of an inmate released from jail I, is the Vivitrol, I believe that. 120 times more likely to yeah, die you, of an overdose wow. if you've been recently released from jail. 120 times. 120 wow. times. Yeah, because more. you're, you're, yeah. you're getting out of jail and, and, you know, say you've been in there for a while. Or if you haven't now, now you have no tolerance, right. and you're getting this this drug that's fifty times stronger than it used to that's be. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know? but also and you got to understand that there are people out there, plenty of them, who will say, "Good." Oh yeah, let you them die. I mean? That type, yeah. yeah. But does that make it right? First they of all, don't with, with the jails, you, you guys know there's a big difference between prison and jail. Yes, in right, the jails, right, right, people right. are the average length of a stay in jail is probably. Four months, right yeah. in that area. Okay. So whether those types of people like it or not, individuals are coming back out of jail. Yeah. Right. And what we do with these folks before they go to jail, while they're in jail, and how we try to set up programs for when they get out. Yeah. To to help them succeed, is is critical for and everybody. I, I not think just that's, the, I agree. Not just the individuals themselves, yes. but for the people that are in the communities. I know? think that's that needs to right. be a, a focused on a little more. Like, all right, you're you're coming out of you're coming out of jail. You're going to finish your time. A lot of guys will say, "No, nah, I ain't going to treatment. I'm wrapping up." Mm-hmm. Now they have they have not been healed from their trauma, or they have not addressed their addiction. Like, I ain't that's a that's a setup. That's a yeah. setup. I'll wrap up. And and now they get out, and they want to get high. That urge comes, and what do they do? They don't know what to do. They go and get high. Yeah. I did it. Or they have court costs, and yeah, probation fees, and, and, and they now have they no place to live. No place they, to live. Yeah, you know. Or or a guy comes up on a parole, he can't get into a treatment center. Mm-hmm. He you know he can't go back to his family's house because parole's not going to let him. You know, it, it's it's tough. There's there's not much out there for those individuals no. and people that really want it people that really don't want right. to do what they're doing it's you know exactly but right. it's hard to differentiate well, I, I i guess you wouldn't you want you just want to try to stack the deck in in the towards the favor of getting clean as much as possible mm. right so you take all the factors and you try to eliminate all the things in their life that are going to be hard to deal with yep you know clearly. i guess if you can clearly. yeah Absolutely, no question about it. Like, I get out, I got to get a job, I got to get my license back, I got to get this. You know, I know that there were some programs that they were, you know, all right, you're going to get out, but, and when you do, you can go to this place and they will help you with with sober living. They will help you with the initial cost for sober living. Okay, you need to get your ID, you need to get your license, you can come here, we will help you, we'll go down with you and we'll we'll pay Mm -hmm. for that. You know, there there were programs that would would pay. Yeah. You know, addicts and alcoholics' money to help them get their life back in order. Well, pro- Project that's Chernobyl. a lot of stress when you get out. Sure, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. You when know? in Project Turnabout, 
it was a 69-month program. Now, a lot of these people were coming off parole, mm. some of them for 25-year bits. Oh, yeah. You know? Screamers. And, uh, and it was a, a good program because it, would kept, it kept you inside at first, mm-hmm. and then slowly you touched on the outside world. I remember bringing a – I can't remember his name, and I probably shouldn't say it anyway, but I remember bringing a, some, somebody over to Stop and Shop yep. on a shopping run and uh, just freaking out. Like, I got to go back. I got to go back now. You know what I mean? Oh, because, yeah, I think I remember. Because he 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 couldn't handle it. Right. And then his life had changed so his, much. Yeah, and and he and he's used he's institutionalized and he's used mm-hmm. to being inside and then he's like okay, well, after, you know, after 6 months, it's like now I'm ready to go back. I'm back in touch with people I used to know, you know, positive people. Yeah. I've learned uh, all these coping skills. Yeah. I've gotten out some of the some of the poison that you know, and, and giving away some of the shitty ideas that I held on to. And, Absolutely. You know. So y- you guys being in recovery, you know you have to always uh, lend a hand to another alcoholic or Absolutely. addict yeah. to help. So you, uh, truly, the reason why I'm running for sheriff is just for that reason. I mean, you have what an opportunity you have to help Absolutely. people in that position. I can't yeah. think of another elected position where you have that i mean that, of course there's uh, going to be a lot of other stuff right. that you have to address and, sure. and work i with mean public well. safety is always number one but i mean that's that's right. clear, that's, that's a that's yeah, a good that's a position good to be in that's a good point public because safety is, is because really. you're as sheriff you're you're working with the outside but you're also working mostly inside mm-hmm. you know and, and like that's, even even training for for officers all right Say someone has listen. I, I I really don't feel okay today. Like, I I need to talk to somebody. You know, that was one of the things that was tough when I was there. Is I had to fill out a request slip if I wanted to speak with somebody, okay. and that could be take days. You know, I I had no money. Right, I had no. I was what they call indigent. I skip, couldn't afford deodorant. I wrote to my my caseworker. Listen. I know exactly what goes on when guys leave. I don't give a shit if the guy used the deodorant before. I need some deodorant. I'm not running around here mm. smelling like a wild goat, pissing off my my cellmate. You know what I mean? Like, can you get me some deodorant? And at first they were like, no, we can't do that. Why can't you do that? Mm. I know when that guy left today, he had deodorant. What did you do with it? You throw it away? Mm. You know? Yeah. Just simple things. Even simple things. Yep. It doesn't have to be crazy. Just basic necessities. Phone calls. Phone calls. I mean, yeah. you know, reaching out to your family members, which is I, a positive thing. I gotta put. A, I gotta put money on a card. Uh, yeah, or, exactly. Or, 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 and some people don't have the money. No, that, I didn't have any. They, no there is legislation ever. changing that uh, As a whole system. Fact, when I Thank got God. To, when I got to Plymouth, <laughs> I owed money because yeah. I was there before, and they charged for IDs. So the first time, some one person came to visit me. They gave me some money that went to my ID. So I had wow, no money. Wow, no kidding. I had no money. And, wow. and what does is, what is an addict or an alcoholic do when they don't have money? They hustle. Right. They have to. Yeah. You know, so it's like, all right, you, you want a little extra bleach in your clothes? Take care of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to be hungry later. You know, and huh. that's a lot of the stuff that happened. Yeah. You know, like, I'll cook the meal for everybody. Just let me get some of the food, you know? Right. There's so a I, dynamic- I have a real good friend who's been a CEO for about 29 years at Norfolk. Uh, he's helped me in my campaign and everything. But he's just such a gentleman. Mm. Uh, 
just wonderful guy and he tells me that a lot of people over the years will now seek him out just to let him know that they're doing well you know? oh after yeah. they get like out years later mm-hmm. uh, and the reason is because he always treated everybody in there Fairly. decently yes right. treated them all decently and that's, that's kind of one of my one of my little bit of, of dignity platform, right? a, you know uh, goals yeah. is to try as best as I can to develop a culture in that institution of respect and dignity for everybody. Both ways. Like, you know? that, that's a, a, a very hard thing to get rid of is the jail mentality. You're the cops, we're the criminals. Yeah. And, yeah. and, like, we went to Project Turnabout, and a lot of guys struggle with that. You know, like, part of, part of Project Turnabout was, was, you know, people would say it's ratting. No, you're, you're, I need to make you aware of your behavior. You know, I, it's not a ratting mentality. If mm-hmm. you know, we, we had a situation where um, there was a car wash. A couple of guys went and stole the money for the car wash. One guy went out and got drugs. He came back. I come back from a past. There's four guys in the house that are high. I'm like, all right, these four guys are putting twenty three other guys' lives at in mm-hmm. risk at right. in jeopardy. So if you guys want to let them stay here, that's on you. I'm done with this program. I'm here on what's called reentry. I can leave at any time. You got 25 years over your head. You got 18 over your head. If you want to rubber stamp that, that's on you. Hmm. You know, I, I can't, you know. So it's my counselor comes in on a Monday morning. This was Sunday night. I said, hey, I'm going to need my outdate this week. Instantly he goes, what's going on in the house? that you want to leave he knew hmm. he knew right away and then they start doing random drug tests and and guys got you know in trouble but it's like you, you're, you're trying to get someone to look at what they're doing you know right. like you, you you could be saving someone's life you know oh, you, we, we had a guy you're much more apt to be doing that than not i mean yeah. if you're gonna let him continue in that we had a guy that had never done heroin in his life he was an alcoholic 100 percent he went out on a pass with a guy. Guy got some drugs and came back with him and, and gave them to him. You know, there was, there was a, this guy, if he could leave the house, he would leave the house. And, you know, they were doing what uh, they call a produce run where we'd have to go to Chelsea and we'd walk the docks asking for donations. And this kid would have went anytime. And we asked the guy, hey, go ask Johnny if you don't want to go. He's like, oh, Johnny's sleeping. I'm like, come on, Johnny's I'll go up there. Go up there. He's blue in the bed. This yeah. this guy knew was sitting down eating a bowl of cereal, knowing that this guy's overdosed upstairs. Diane, but he lived. Luckily, he lived. Yeah. Well, Luckily, he lived. But it was very close. Yeah. You saved his life. <laughs> and and yeah. he, you know, part of his story is like I tried heroin once. I still don't know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> overdose instantly. Yeah. Wow. You know. And, well, and there's there's another dynamic though. Like you like you said the, the public safety. You got yeah. people who just don't care about, but you know, they just don't want someone coming to their house and breaking in so that they, you know, to get their, yeah, valuable so they can go buy drugs. Yeah. But the the idea is that, you know, if you help the people out of that situation, then you don't, they're not going, they're much less likely. Yeah. You can't keep 
people incarcerated forever. forever. That's exactly right. I have a good friend, uh, Steve Sweeney. You guys might yeah, know. Yeah, I know Steve. Yeah, so he's Steve Sweeney. The, the we've been trying to get him on here. Oh yeah, can you can you get him on here? He was. Oh, he's yeah, like, he, I'm down the Cape a lot. Really? Yeah. I can't. Pro- I can't, can't speak promise for him, it, but, right. but yeah, I definitely talked yeah, to him. But love he's, to have him on. he's funny. He he goes to the jails and he. Uh, Talks at all at the different jails. He goes to Plymouth Does he House. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to do it at Norfolk, but uh, he doesn't do it there any longer. And um, you know, he says, "Well, you know, he, he's talking to me about uh, recovery, but he's also talking to me about, about trying to get elected." You know, and he says, "He goes, people are all, you know, fine with recovery and helping people and all that." Until their own house gets broken into, and then right. it's like a yeah. different story, right? Then they and, want, and it's true. Revenge. So public safety yeah. is public safety. So you have right. to, and correction officers, CEOs, um, you know, they have to be safe yeah. in their environment, and yes. their inmates have to be safe, or they're not going to be uh, in a position position to get better. And and right. a big a big contributing factor to that, and I think Tom touched on it a little bit is stigma yeah yeah. that yes addicts and alcoholics can do some really shitty stuff but they can also do really good things you know i i remember when um project turnabout closed and they'll open it in weymouth neighbors were like no way no way no way after like two months no one knew we were there they were coming over hey we got a fence that needs to absolutely they loved it yeah. They did the same thing with, with the Phoenix House yep. over on Old Colony Ave. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they do the same thing with, with sober living. Mm-hmm. And after a while, no one even knows that they're there. Yeah, I know. You know, where the Gavin is now, it was the Phoenix House. Like, they were worried. I remember going to the, the Central Middle School for, the, for the, um, the community meeting about it. And, you know, one of, one of the neighbors got up and they were like, I don't want my property value to go down. A guy from the Gavin House came up and said, since the Gavin House is open in South Boston, the property value has gone up 500%. And the guy was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I do a show every week as well, and I have different guests on, for it, not all uh, relating to recovery by any means. But um, So I had the CEO of the uh, Gavin House, uh, John mm-hmm. McGann, on. Yep, yep. Uh, it, do, do you know the story of the Gavin House, how that was created? Not, uh, not 100%. It's really interesting. It was a co- uh, retired correction officer mm-hmm. who, bought, wow. who bought an old um, police station in Southie. Really? <laughs> Had the second floor, him and his wife. His wife used to cook all the meals for, for the, for the uh, guys that were coming out of jail that were alcoholics and... Uh, that that's that's how it wow. all started. That's really, wild. amazing. That is pretty yeah. cool. And what what time so period was this? I, I told him. I forget. Um, it's been, been there for a while. while yeah, yeah a long time, you know, right? I told him. You know, anything that was begun with such goodness, I said, is it's no, yeah, you know, coincidence that it's continuing to to do. I, I live in Hull well, now. You know? Yeah, and the original project turnabout, I go by all the time, and at first it was a co-ed treatment center, and if you were if you were a drug addict, you could earn the rights to drink. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's honestly, how long ago that was in the beginning. That was, a, that was in the very in beginning. The early sixties like, or something. All right, you're a drug addict, 
if you go out on pass this weekend, you can have a couple drinks. Unbelievable. Like, so yeah, and, and that that house like still along stands. Along with we've come, how yes, far we've how come things have changed. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, with technology, with what we're going on, what's happening here. Like this is why we started this, so that when something like this pandemic hit us, or or you know, Sally May couldn't get to a meeting, like they could go on here and and, and do this, and then yeah. Yep. We adapted and overcame pretty quick. Addicts and alcoholics, like yep. the 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 Zoom meetings were like, bam, you can. Yeah, I was going to meetings in in San Francisco. Like, <laughs> you can go any way you want. Yeah. You can go any way you want. It's funny. Uh, John McGann actually said, you know, everybody thinks that this pandemic relief money has been a good thing. He said, but you give a big chunk of money to an addict, you know, recovering addict. Oh might yeah, be the yes. worst thing in yeah. the world you can yep. do. Yeah. And 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 I I'm, never I'm sh- had not even thought of that. There know? was um right. I was re- actually reading a story today. Um, overdoses had dropped for the first time in a few years uh, at the end of 2018, and then started to rise again in 2019, and then during this have spiked again. Have they really? Had, right. Overdose deaths have spiked again because now addicts and alcoholics are bored. And, right, and, you know, what do you do when you're bored? Uh, I don't want to go on Zoom. I mean, well, let's go hit up so and so and see what's going on over there. You can't you know? sit with yourself. But what, what's amazing to me also is people that don't know anything about in-person meetings and they're getting sober through Zoom. That blows my mind. Like, really? Wait till you yes, wait yeah. till you actually get to a meeting and you can shake someone's hand yeah. or you can get a hug from someone and you can feel that energy. Right. Like it's completely different. It's completely from different. Yeah, you know, it, I'm I'm grateful. Like I was able to do. I do another meeting, a refuge recovery meeting, and you know, I'm grateful that we were able to adapt to that platform and still keep things going. But you know, wait till those people find out what it really feels like. You know what I mean? It, it's. I think it's great. I think so, it's great. So when is this? Uh, when is this? Um, it must be a special election, huh? Well, it's, it is a special election, but it's on the regular election cycle. So it's oh, okay. um, uh, September 1st is the primary. Okay. And uh, the presidential election will be the final election oh, as well. So uh, you'll be on the on the same ballot, basically. Same ballot. The same yeah. president, yeah. Whatever, yeah. 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 Hopefully. So if I September win the and then... Oh, if you get the primary, right. Yeah. September and then November. That's right, yeah. How many, how many people running? Uh, there's three... Three Democrats running, and there'll be one Republican running who's in there now and was appointed by the governor to, on an interim basis, to fill the, um, fill the seat, the, yeah. the seat that was vacated by Mike Bellotti. Yeah. Well, what happened to uh, to Mike Bellotti? Mike um, uh, stepped down to become the president of Quincy College. Oh yes, that's right. And okay. then he left that position. And he's now running for state uh, for uh, county treasurer, Norfolk County treasurer. Um, so, yeah. So he he had been the the sheriff for probably eighteen, nineteen, twenty years. Yeah, or so. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I knew his brother too. Which uh, Joe or yes, Peter? I think Joe. Was, I think it yeah. was Joe. Yeah, uh, I knew uh, Carpenter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I loved the the recovery in Quincy. You know, I, I didn't need a vehicle. Um, you know, you got some great treatment centers here. You know, you got uh, the South Shore House. That, that place that's is great. Good. That's that was, a good that, house. That, 
that's probably as close to Project Turnabout as you're going to get. Right. Um, a lot of the stuff that went on there was was pretty serious as well. Right. Um, you know, like you, they catch you scratching a scratch ticket, pack your stuff, you're right. going. Right. You know. Yeah. And, and I, but also like we we went through, it gave us accountability. Like we we were clients, but we ran that place. Like we had to, <coughs> if if we needed food or we needed toilet paper or something we get on the phone and we called people said how you doing i'm from project turnabout you know is that right? yeah, yeah. It, it was a job it was called procurements we had a housekeeping right. crew uh 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 um kitchen crew kitchen crew <laughs> um yeah some someone that would fix stuff right it, it was great and and it made people accountable it gave people a purpose yeah. you know it, it was almost like a job yeah, and you know, responsibility, and and, and hopefully and the big thing was we would vote, we would vote on each other whether or not you progressed through treatment. Yes, that was another thing. Like wow. you weren't, you weren't going to bullshit everybody. Right, you might be able to bullshit staff, mm-hmm. but the guys you're in the house with, like we had to sit down every every time we wanted to move up and rap. We had to sit down and talk with everybody, mm-hmm. and if if someone wasn't living up to what they were supposed to, we could call a house meeting, red seat. He ain't doing what he's supposed to be doing, and and it was all out of right. love. It wasn't like yeah. and, and that you cared for people, and, and you know you wanted to see them improve. I got denied a few times. You know, I got ratted on by staff. Like it was, but it was, it was. I it, forget where I where I learned about the uh, project turnaround. Probably I, I, I don't know. Now it's condos. Yeah, the company that had taken it over. Um, Sold the land. Sold the property. Yeah. Came with seven acres in Hingham, so it's hard to resist. Right, out, right next to Bear Cove Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are. Oh, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so now Prime, prime they, real estate. Yeah. 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 So now they ended up over at um, across from Social Hospital. Yeah. And, uh, and it's. It's very different. It's a lot different. It's, uh, you know, the thing, the thing about people coming out of jail, especially, is they can do six months of treatment standing on their heads. It's nothing. You can just be the same and, and just, you know. So uh, they used to have a thing in Project Turnabout where you would get a failure to progress, and you get a warning, and then you'd get kicked out. Hmm. So it's different. It was, diff- it was just a different situation, and um, I, I think we need, we need programs like that. Yeah, it seems as though it, it helped teach people how to live. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Be independent. And, yeah, and, and uh, transition in, back into society because even if you even if you're not coming out of jail, if you're if you're just getting a, a sober off the street, you have to learn to live without the coping mechanisms that you are using, mm. and learn to be an adult, basically. You know? So, what was the age group that was in that program? Eighteen plus. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So it was and, everybody. And it was, yeah. They had uh, oh, we had people we had, older than twenty six years old. And, oh, oh yeah. absolutely. What was that guy, Steve? That guy, Steve. <laughs> he was, there was this old timer, and, and he was in there for a while, and very eccentric. And you know, we were we were saying he 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 didn't really want to listen and he, and do things the way the program was laid out. But he used to be well, wealthy. That, that and he goes lost to that money. emerging adult that I was yeah. talking about. Who they're more. But we would joke Open, around. I think you know, than yeah. people who are the younger set in their yeah, ways right. a little bit, right? We, we yep. would joke around and say, "He's gonna pull up here in a limo one day, and he's gonna have the deed to this house, and he's gonna <laughs> throw us on the fuck out of here." Watch, you watch. And sadly, he went. He ended up getting out. And, and that was another thing. Like you had to earn everything that you got. 
Yeah. Like if you wanted to go home for eight hours, you had to earn that. And then you would earn to go home for 24 hours. And then you earn to go home for 48 hours. I saw that dude and, at a meeting in, in Situate years later. Yeah. Still, I had, saw. still had the halitosis. Or just, oh, mm. I, yeah, we had to have an intervention on him. We needed to get him in the shower. Yeah. Um, I saw him actually, sadly, in the doorway of a, of a business on Dot Ave. Yeah. Uh, many years later. Yeah, that's um, and yep. And, you know, I don't know how many people aren't even around anymore. Oh, a lot of them. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the kids that, uh, that was in the, the house, part. he's he's doing a lot of time. Yeah. He ended up he ended up killing someone. Oh, yeah, 18-year-old kid. The, yeah. I was in the house with you. I was in the house yeah. twice. I was in the house with him. And at that time when I was in the house with him, he was that kid was in there. Yeah. And then when I was in the house next time, there was... You know, police choppers circling yes. the area, and he had murdered someone in uh, one of the bunkers. The old that bunkers used to be there. off of Bridge Street. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. And he cut the guy's hand off and went to a party with it. And and, and <laughs> ironically enough, that kid had mentioned Project Turnabout, which sparked my interest in it. Huh. Yeah, you never know where the hell's going to yeah, come from. I won't, sometimes we yeah, won't say what his trauma name, he experienced. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, I I and I was in Plymouth with him the entire time. I got out. He was there. He just he had just gotten there as well. Hmm. Well, he came right after me. Um, but you know, I'll be forever grateful for that place. And you know, the the good CEOs that I had met. Yeah. I, you know, a, a friend of mine. I ended up working with years later. His stepfather was a CEO at, at Plymouth. One of the nicest guys. I, he offered me a job. He said, when do you... He no pulled kidding. me aside yeah. one day. He's like, he's like, Mandeville, what the hell are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I, I looked at your jacket. He's like, I can't see you, this guy I'm looking at, doing this stuff. Not with how you operate down here. He goes, I know you're in a jail kitchen, but you help people around here he's like what what happened isn't that and something I t- huh? you know and and years later i'm telling that story at my job and and this kid goes who's that guy's name and i told him he goes that's my stepfather and sadly he just passed away of cancer a couple of years no, ago i kidding. think it's been two you know years. the story that my friend told me was he said a uh, ceo pulled him aside and said hey come here i'm just going through your file i want to show you something mm. and he showed him a photo of him what, of of the, the, the inmate of my buddy there he showed a photo of when he was 18 when he first uh, first, first time, time he, was he was in yeah. and he showed him a photo when he was 19 and then 21 and then 22 mm-hmm. and then 25 and he said you know what are you doing what yeah. are you doing here yeah sure. you know and, and he'll always remember that story because he could see himself at 18 absolutely and now right. all of a sudden he's you know 25 mm-hmm and, huh. and he can see the the, the photos the and, and yeah. where he's come, which is nowhere basically, right? right. Yeah, one of the you know, one of the limbo guys for for five years. One of the guys Jeez, I, I work for in laundry. Uh, he's like, "You got a parole hearing today?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "I'll be back," and he left, and came back. Um, I don't. I can't remember if I went to my hearing and came back or it was before, but uh, I ended up getting parole. He goes, if you ever, ever come back here again, I will never do another thing for you. Don't come back here. <laughs> so I don't know what he said to who or what. You but know, there's those jobs out there that um, are so important 
you know, I used to say this about the teacher's job when I was the mayor. Teachers? I don't like, I mean, teachers is such an important job, but it's a real difficult job, and you have to do it right. Yes. There's a lot of teachers right. that mail it in. I mean, yeah. let's let's face it. Yeah. Just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you're a world saver, oh, right? I, right. I, I you can actually do damage as a teacher if you're not a good teacher because right. that child may only have you, you know, for for... You know, may, may, is only going to be in the third grade once, right? Right. And, and, and only going to be in coming through there once. So it's such an important job they, that you have to invest and get, you know, pay properly and get the best teachers you can get. Yes, uh, I agree. They and, spend more time with our kids than we do. Correction officers is, yeah. is, is very similar. You yeah. know, correction officers, a tough job. The, the suicide rate of COs is actually like two or three times that of police officers. It's wow. one of the highest, wow. one of the highest suicide no rates kidding. of any occupation. Wow, uh, I would there be, is. I would be curious about the training uh, that they get. Now, most of the training they get, I imagine, is is uh, in management and, and crisis situations, and think how to stay safe and how to keep control. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Right. I had last week. I had a woman on that, um, or the, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Uh, my uh, program and she was a psychiatrist doctor yeah. of psych psychiatry or whatever uh regular person you, you guys would love this this woman she was a real hot ticket but real down-to-earth person and what she did was she trained first responders correction officers police officers emts in what was referred to as uh, mental health first aid Mm. In other words, how to treat somebody when when they're in the midst of a, an anxiety attack or in a psychotic oh, yeah. state breakdown. Yeah. You know, See, those instead the types of, of things. coming in, you know, gangbusters. Yeah. I mean, how to talk to them? And that's how awesome. To, how to de-escalate and right. things of that nature is important. Find out what's really wrong, this, especially in this day and age with everything that's going on. Yes, uh, the de-escalate training to de-escalate yeah. situations is critical. Sure it is. You think about how much uh, heartache could have been solved if those situations... Yeah, that's right. You know, Less lethal and you measures. Know, the, yeah. Training has come a long way for police officers and for corrections officers, but you, it, it, it really has to be continuous. It, yeah, how much know, do they One-offs are, are not enough. You have to... Right. You know, it has to be every year. I didn't year, like that whole little uh, spiel that happened at the beginning of the week that they... Push through at four fifteen yeah, in the morning. I know, I know that I mean, amendment. I, I, you SR know, forty three hundred or whatever the hell it was. Oh, is yeah. that the that is that the crippling the police and everything? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. well, now it makes it so that you could sue a cop personally. Um, this this one hundred and twenty eight amendments. I haven't I gone through that legislation I, yet. I intend to. Yes, my cousin I'll be posted, making some statements it's, on it because now it affects corrections officers. Oh yeah, officers. first responders. Um, First responders, yeah. firemen, EMTs, my, my cousin's teachers, uh, standing teachers. against it. He he posted that he's he will stand against yeah. it. It still has to get how much that it still has to go to the Senate, I believe. So David Dakota, but you you got to take off. Yeah, I don't mean. Uh, yeah. I no, mean, no. I, listen, right. I, I think you guys great. on my show too. Yeah, if you don't absolutely. mind. I mean, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love, love to. the conversation. I, sure, I, yeah, that'd be you great. You have a lot of insight. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting for people to hear a perspective that they might not. Uh, know or understand, but, but uh, is really important. Yeah, that's yes. what we say all the time: is the communication and the, and the uh, uh, you know dispensing of information. Yes, is that's gigantic. what we're just we're trying to get the word out. That's right. Like that, we don't care how you did it. 
I'll see just if I can get know. you a guest. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> thank best. you so right. much. Yes, no, thank you very much. Me. I appreciate it. Guys. All right, I hope you guys uh, dug this first episode that we you first know, time our returning back. episode. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, we appreciate you guys oh, well, tuning first in. First time back. Oh, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm, first I'm time on it. Yeah, yeah, good. First time <laughs> four months since March. Yeah, so good. good All right, one. everybody. Thanks right. for tuning in. Thank you guys. Peace. And like we oh lolterms.com. Please subscribe. Like, subscribe, share. And if you ever want, you know, if you want to tell your story on here, you message us through the group or through our business page. Let us know. All right. Peace. Peace. I live in this world full of anger and hate and nobody is safe in this place. Oh, my God.